Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. There are many passages from Isaiah that could have been used to explore the theme of the faithful servant. There are even four specific servant songs, much of which are quoted and referred to in the New Testament, linking them to the life and the events of Jesus. And I'm sure you would recognise them instantly. The passage I chose today, though, is one that precedes the collection of servant songs. It's a little different as it focuses on God reminding the servant of his presence, his presence and how the servant came to be chosen. The question of who the faithful servant is has been a source of vast scholarly effort throughout the ages. Although within this passage, the faithful servant is spelt out as Israel. It speaks of Israel being the descendant of Abraham. Israel, as we know, has a close bond with God through the covenant that, with Abram, stated here as God's friend. They were to be the chosen nation to bless all nations and bring salvation to all. As a church today, we too should desire to be God's friend by ensuring his purpose in our generation is carried out more fully through the church members than through outsiders. Although sadly, this is not always the case. Let's begin by looking at the expectation of the servant, what God's vision is for the faithful one. Within the Leaders of Worship and Preachers Trust booklet published for this Bible month on Isaiah, it talks about how themes and prophecy are woven through different parts of the Bible. Sometimes these themes are just trickles or hints alluded to, and in other areas they become mighty rivers, carrying the reader on to the end point where we see the fulfilment of God's plan. Throughout Isaiah, the theme of justice is woven through the words. Sometimes it is just a tiny stream, but other times it's a raging torrent, identifying the vital importance of justice to God for all people. Justice is the chief sign of a nation blessed by God. In such a nation, all people have equal access to what they need, and all people know inherently that their primary responsibility and goal is the welfare and peace of all and each of their neighbours. The chapter after today's passage speaks of the faithful servant bringing about justice. Justice is mentioned three times in the first four verses alone. But it's brought about without big scenes and showing off. That the servant will bring about justice not by shouting or raising their voice, not by causing more destruction, by bending and breaking the reed or extinguishing the dimming fire. The servant will bring about justice quietly unobtrusively, unassumingly. It will be carried out so quietly we will hardly recognise that the servant is at work at all. Martin Luther King Jr. said, the arc of the universe is long and bends towards justice. We may not see or even at times experience its coming, 
but it will come in ways that we rarely can know or appreciate. Returning to our passage today, we need to remember that God never assigns tasks or expects his people to go through an ordeal without personally accompanying them through it. However, it's worth remembering that nothing is said in these verses of his people's awareness of his presence. God's promise does not read, thou shalt feel me with thee. We need to remember that feelings can come and go. They are affected by many factors and circumstances, even the weather. Whatever the faithful servant may experience or feel, God remains by their side. Part, last part of verse 9 and verse 10 today said, You are my servant. I have chosen you and have not rejected you. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. And in Psalm 136 and Chronicles 16, we're reminded the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. Of course, as we read the passage, our first thoughts go to the nation of Israel, the chosen nation, and how they were trying to live out these expectations, but were not always successful. And although the chosen servant often left God in despair at how much they could get it wrong. We know that Jesus also took on the mantle of the faithful servant himself. In Luke chapter four, we find him speaking in his hometown, declaring that today the scripture of Isaiah 61 had been fulfilled in their hearing. Jesus' life and death marries up with so much of those depictions of the faithful servant. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the liberty of the captives and recovery to the sight of the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And as we know of Jesus' example, we also know that God, as in chapter 41, does not leave him, but strengthens, helps and upholds him. In our Acts reading, we also heard of Paul and Silas being faithful servants, praying and praising God and sticking it out instead of running away when the earthquake reduces the prison to rubble around them. Their faithfulness and example brought the prison guard and his family to faith. In this platinum jubilee year, we may also look to the example of the queen. Although she holds an exalted position, the queen has devoted her life to serving her people. On her 21st birthday, she said, I declare that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service. A promise that she recently reaffirmed. In 2016, the Bible Society published a book to mark the queen's 90th birthday. It was entitled, The Servant Queen and the King She Serves and included quotations in which the Queen expressed her Christian faith. The Queen is very aware that notwithstanding her high position, her Saviour Jesus Christ is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He loved herself sacrificially, gave his life to save her from her sins. She also knows that every day she needs his wisdom and help. In 2002, she said, 
I know just how much I rely on my faith to guide me through the good times and the bad. Each day is a new beginning. I know that the only way to live my life is to try to do what is right, to take the long view, to give of my best in all that the day brings and to put my trust in God. I draw strength from the message of hope in the Christian gospel. In her Christmas message in 2008, she said, I hope that like me, you will be comforted by the example of Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, who often in circumstances of great adversity, managed to live an outgoing, unsafe, selfish and sacrificial life. He makes it clear that the genuine human happiness and satisfaction lie more in giving than receiving more in serving than being served. And that really brings this message back round to us. We should all aspire to be faithful servants to our God, quietly working to bring about justice in ways that do not seek recognition for ourselves, but concerning ourselves with the welfare and peace of all and our neighbours. Following the example of the faithful servants that have gone before us, but drawing from God's word the expectation of our life's work, knowing that throughout God will be with us, strengthening and upholding us. And we needn't fear, as God will help us through it all. Amen. <laughs>